You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session nine. So in this session, you're going to hear, uh, well, first you're going to hear that Rachel got a client, so that's amazing, but you're also going to hear us really make some tweaks to her current setup and strategy to make things simpler and easier. I really, really want you guys to pay attention to that in this episode, because I think that so often we feel like the goal is always, always do more, add more, keep more openings on your calendar, all the things, right? And you guys can see, and you'll hear Rachel talk about how with the time she's putting into PR, it's really detrimental to keep adding more. And so really watching, listening, and learning that it is okay to do less. And sometimes that is the best thing we can do is going to be a cornerstone of this episode and something I really hope that you take away because I want to kind of bust through that myth and that idea that the only way to grow in business is to do more and more and more because that is inherently not always true because it will lead us to burnout. It will lead us to doing everything a little bit and not one thing really well. So pay attention into that. Keep that context in your mind in this episode. I hope it really serves you and I hope you guys have a beautiful week. All right. What's going on? Hi. Well, I've taken a few days off PR work and it feels amazing. Oh my gosh. I really, I needed it. Um, June kicked my butt totally. I, it's, I think I said this in my questionnaire. It, I just did my invoicing and everything for the month for the PR business. And it was my most successful month I've ever had. But it was like at the cost of my physical and mental health, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just made me realize like this isn't sustainable. And I don't know, it just further uh, helps me decide and like helps me Uh, remember why building blissful budget is so important because I can't go on like this and I don't like trading hours for money and I don't know and hustling the way I had to in June it was not fun I had a total like weepy meltdown on Monday (laughs) and part of it or Tuesday part of it was because i I also have pregnancy insomnia on top of everything. (laughs) So that combined with no sleeping, I was just like, I can't do this. So I, I made the decision last week and I'm so glad I did to take Wednesday through Friday off this week and just rest and focus on blissful budget and get some of the to do's checked off the list that I've had and, it just feels really good already to have the space. Like even this morning I woke up and had a tiny cup of coffee and, you know, just rested and watched TV with my daughter. And it was so nice not to like get up and just jump right into a bunch of work. Mm -hmm. So it feels good to have some space. It's really interesting because it's almost like I think what you're saying and you tell me if this feels true is like 
because you're working so much in PR, it felt like you had no time for blissful budget. But then simultaneously, mm-hmm. it's making you realize that that's where you want to spend your time. So it's creating a like a bit of tension there for you in terms of like mm-hmm. knowing where you want to spend the time, but then like also not feeling like you always can. Does that feel true? Yeah, that definitely feels true. And and what I found really telling was yesterday I had a, a call scheduled with one of my blissful budget clients and I didn't want to reschedule that. Like I didn't yeah. want to take the last few days off, you know, these these few days off from Blissful Budget, but I needed the space and time away from the PR business. Like I just needed to unplug from that. And I did my Blissful Budget call with my client and it was amazing. It was our last call. And I mean, it was just so validating too. And just like hearing how much she's changed and how much she's learned over the past few months working together was like another big boost to me of like, this is what lights me up. This is what I want to be doing. Like, I don't want to take time off away from this because this is what really fills me up. Yeah, totally. That's so good. Well, and I think it's just like really good to keep seeing those like opportunities or moments or whatever you want to call them where you really get to um, decide like where you're putting the attention. And, and also mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful to see too, which this is the really hard part, but it's almost like as much it was like, as much as like, it's amazing that is your best money month ever. Like you can see where that starts to become not worth it. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think that's super helpful because sometimes we're like, well, it's really about money first. And then when you can kind of be like, it's not, it's like about how I'm spending my time. It almost like opens a door for the money to flow in. I feel like Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. And and it's even like easier to let go of things too and to, you know, not say yes to projects because I don't know, it, I made great money this month, but it wasn't in the way that I wanted to. And if I do the math, like I can free up so much time and it's really not even at the expense of that much money. And I can open the doors to allow more clients for blissful budget. And so then the money comes anyway, but in a way that's more aligned with what I want. Okay, guys. So I just want to point out what's happening here a little bit, which is that tension that creeps up when we don't want to be in the thing that we're doing, but we don't have time to dedicate to the other business that we want to build, right? You can just feel that tension popping up in Rachel. And I don't think that she's doing this necessarily, but I really wanted to point it out because what a lot of people tend to do then is make the business they want to be in wrong. Like it's not growing fast enough. What's wrong? All of this stuff. But the truth, truth is like, they're not even able to show up in it every day, right? Rachel put in 40 hours um, in PR last week. So for her to even show up once a day in Blissful Budget was feeling almost impossible, right? So it's really helpful to just see that and know that the way out is to create that space every day to be able to show up in the business. And I'm not saying it needs to be hours a day. It certainly doesn't. And you'll see that more in this episode. But if we want the business to grow daily, putting daily effort in is really valuable instead of letting the tension continue to build and feeling more and more frustrated at the thing we're trying to build. So I just wanted to point that out here because I feel like a lot of people get themselves stuck there. And so if you're feeling that, if you're noticing that same tension in yourself, be very, very cautious not to make the business you're trying to build wrong and be very clear on how you can solve that problem. And it's usually by pulling back in other areas when you can, just like Rachel's doing here. Yeah. 
Totally. I love that. So good. Um, and you got a client. <laughs> I did. I did. I got a client. One we talked about last week. It was funny because we had a whole game plan. And then I think right after I got off the call with you last week, she was like, yes, I signed up for the intensive. And I got her deposit. And we're doing it next week. And then she's going to convert into a a 90-day client after her intensive. And so I'm just really excited to start working with her. And especially as I've, you know, ended time with one client, I'm really excited to to start up with another one and then and then hopefully add some more to the roster. I think something that's really cool to see there is that sometimes like we don't even have to do anything per se. It's just like what you did there that was so cool is you were like, I'm willing to get creative. I'm willing to not see her as a no. I'm willing to like make this other opportunity. And then sometimes like it doesn't even matter. Like we didn't even need mm-hmm. to see that through. But I feel like there's something so freaking useful in seeing that where it was really like your openness to being like, I'm still going to show up. We're still going to make this work. And then it just does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And like the work we did to come up with something creative is still helpful and useful and will help me as I'm following up with some of those older leads Mm -hmm. that I had. And so, yeah, it just felt it felt it always feels magical when that happens, (laughs) you know, but I really believe like just opening up to the idea and the opportunity really helped shift things. So something really cool to witness here is that Rachel got a client as soon as she opened up other options in her sales process. But the thing that's interesting is she didn't even have to use it. So sometimes you can see how it's like a little bit of a mental game playing out. Like when we feel like we're like, oh, this has to work like this and it's not, we get in resistance. And when we're like, oh, it could work this way too. And I could try this and I have options and I feel in my power. It's crazy how fast things solidify, right? So this is one of those things where you can see the mindset and the strategy both in action there. Her mind immediately opened up once she realized we could tweak that sales process. So that's really huge. And you can see that the strategy is still valuable there, but we didn't even have to put it into practice in this situation. So really cool to see how both can come together to get you a client. Really excited for Rachel and just really in celebration of the fact that she's finding a way to make this work for her, feel easier for her and her clients are converting. So good. Amazing. So tell me in terms of uh, showing up, like I know you've been doing really great on showing up for stories. Like how has that been feeling? Give me a little rundown there. The it feels really good. The I've kind of pushed myself every night the past week, except last night it didn't happen. That's <laughs> but, okay. Um, but you know, there. I think I I said maybe the first night that I did it, I was like, I almost didn't do it, but I pushed myself and I did it, and it felt really good. And what I'm finding is that like something will usually happen during the day that sort of spurs what I want to talk about on the stories also. And it uh, usually ends up aligning really well with what I've already planned out for content. (laughs) So I've been, I've been using that too as motivation and like something will, will, will excite me like, oh, well, this is cool because this happened today and this fits with what I, you know, posted on social media today. And so that's also motivating too, like, 
um, I'm starting to really see pieces of my day that I can share that can be valuable. So I don't feel like I'm just getting on and saying, book a free call, but I'm actually giving some value first. And if they want to go deeper, they can book a call with me. Mm -hmm. So good. I love that. Um, Is that feeling like when you're pitching the call, are you seeing uh, any traction from that or outreach or what's kind of happening there? Um, I haven't seen any more bookings. I've seen some traction and I've seen a lot more engagement on posts too. And, and I'll go in and comment and reply to people as well. I've noticed like there's a few people who will talk to me and, and DMs and I'll get back, you know, I'll reply to them. And so I feel like there are some relationships starting to form and that's nice to see that people Mm -hmm. are actually like listening to my content and watching it and reading it. So I just think the consistency will end up paying off though. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think what what's happening too is that like it's probably feeling worth it for you now to show mm-hmm. up because you're seeing the connection points there, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's always cool when you're like, oh, no, 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 like it's so valuable for me Mm -hmm. to be here because then someone's reaching out, someone's connecting, like all of those pieces come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I have had a few people um, who have reached out who then end up selling me on their services. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I still talk to them and I'm very polite and, you know, I feel like they're still reading my content and they're still engaging a lot. So I feel like Maybe I am resonating with them too. I also think that, you know, it's so beautiful almost when we can just like find that to be lovely in a sense. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds weird, but do you know what I mean? It's almost like when we make other people wrong for selling, then we're like quick to do it to ourselves. And when we can be like, oh, that's still a great message. Like they're still engaging. That's lovely. Like there is something so magical about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, one of the women actually has a service that I may need down the road. Like, <laughs> so I feel like it's a good a good way to meet people too in this weird online space that we're all in mm-hmm. as well. I love that. So. Okay, cool. So, what else? I know you had said that you wanted to talk Facebook group stuff, but just mm-hmm. anything else that feels really present with any of that, or does that all feel like it's moving pretty well? I feel like that's all moving pretty well now. Um, I feel like I'm in a groove and I'm excited for the next few days too because I feel like I have some time and space to to breathe and plan a little bit more than I have in the past mm-hmm. month. So that's good. On the Facebook group side of things, I started a group – well, it so originally it started as a private group attached to a group program that I did maybe last spring. Okay. And so that group program I did with a friend of mine who's a yoga teacher here in town. And it was a 21 days to a blissful budget. I think I shared the workbook with you that it was sort of based off of, and it was very heavy, like yoga focus. Yeah. So we had some members in that group They were sort of engaged. Um, It's always felt like pulling teeth, honestly, to get people to even participate. They would buy the course and I would have live calls and maybe one person would show up to the live call. And then there just wouldn't be that much engagement in the Facebook group and I'd be posting prompts and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, (laughs) 
I turned that group after that program ended, I turned it into a public Facebook group mm. called A Blissful Budget. Um, cause I really wanted to start a space where people could come and talk about money and, and feel safe to do so. Um, and I think I was good in the beginning about programming it. And then life happened and <laughs> coronavirus mm-hmm. and everything. And I just, I haven't been engaged in the group at all. And there, it's just been crickets, which is understandable because I'm not engaging. So why should anybody else engage in the group? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out because I have, I mean, it's small. I have about 75 people in it right now. And I'm just trying to figure out how to breathe life back into it, but also in a way that doesn't feel daunting and like just another thing I have to do. Cause I really, I really want people to be engaged and talk about it. And I am, I'm members of other groups with like a similar topic. And I see that they have people post questions and they, you know, they're all very engaged. So I just don't even know where to begin with this group. <laughs> Well, I think that it's almost like and and this is, you know, maybe something you want to take on or maybe you don't, but it's almost mm-hmm. like we have to teach them why mm-hmm. to engage and give them a really good reason. So like my recommendation there would be to start it up again with like um, you know, a live stream series, a challenge, some kind of like event that sort of like reteaches people and invites new people in in terms of like why would I be here, what am I getting out of it? I think like that's probably just not clear at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. (laughs) And so obviously that's a bit of a commitment in terms of, you know, Mm -hmm. making the challenge, all all the things associated with that. But I feel like that's really useful because it's almost like you have to like teach them how to interact in that community again and then give them a reason to want to. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely does. And I have a challenge that I ran, I think, while we were doing value-centered sales. And so, like, I have a lot of the content already. I would probably want to redo the videos. But that's a good idea because I already have it there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was a good challenge and it got people engaged. But then everything just fell off afterwards. So I think that might be a good way to go. We were talking about Rachel's group here, but basically she asked me, like, what do I do to get people more engaged? And I just want to answer this as a good frame um, for anything you're focused on, which is give people a reason (laughs) to engage. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this on past episodes, but our audience is inherently filtering everything through the lens of what's in it for me, right? And that's not because they're selfish. That's because that's how our brains work, you know? And so if we're not telling them what's in it for them all the time, they are not going to want to take that step? Why do they want to engage in a group if they don't know what's in it for them, right? Why do they want to comment on all your posts if they don't know what's in it for them? Always making a clear connection to what they're going to get out of it is so valuable. That's why I love using challenges, hosting events, things like that to build groups or communities, primarily because what we're telling them is here's exactly what you're going to get out of this, right? I love doing giveaways. I love telling people flat out, here's why you should engage in my group. Here's why you should be in my group, being very specific about it. So no matter 
what that is for you, whether that's a group or your Instagram account or messaging you and replying to your stories or whatever that is, make sure you're giving people a reason and being absolutely clear and absolutely explicit about it so that you can answer the question that their brain is asking, which is what's in it for me. When you answer that question, they are absolutely a hundred times more likely to take that next step that you want them to take than if you're trying to hope that they make that connection themselves. Cool. So give people a reason to engage, to do the action that you want, whether that's be in your group or whatever that is, and you will be so surprised how much easier it gets. I think a good question for you, and you know, this is maybe frustrating or maybe not, maybe it feels really good, but it's almost like, I think I would try to pick an area to focus on. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like you can't also be on Instagram, also have the group, that kind of stuff. But when you're working on such limited time right now, especially with baby coming, like I think it's really even hard to have that much of a split focus Mm -hmm. where you're like, I need to run a challenge plus I need to show up on stories every day. So, um, I would almost say pick one. Okay. Like maybe you're like, you know what? The stories thing is good, but I really want them to be engaging in the group and I'm going to focus there. Or maybe you're like, you know what? Like Instagram just feels like the place to be right now and I'm going to put all my time and attention there. Mm-hmm. I know there's like just like a huge pull to want to be everywhere. It's just that like that's when we end up getting fractured where it's like I'm sort of showing up in the group a little bit. I'm sort of showing up on Instagram some days and it like feels messy. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's totally how how I felt before too. And I've wondered, do I even need to do a Facebook group right now? When I started out and when I started Blissful Budget, it was only Instagram. And I ran challenges through Instagram and they got a lot of engagement there. And I'm wondering, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking maybe that's just the platform I need to stick to right now because mm-hmm. that's where my people are and that's where I get the most engagement. Because I, I do feel like I have the tendency also sometimes to be like, okay, well, I've got this going now. Maybe I need to focus on something else <laughs> instead of just focusing on what's going well and sticking with it. So, Something I like tell my clients all the time is go deep, not wide. Mm-hmm. So it's almost that. like if Instagram is working, work the shit out of it <laughs> mm-hmm. versus like, oh, okay, Instagram is like we're kind of flow – in a flow there, like, now what else, what else, what else, right? Right. It's more mm-hmm. like, how do you fill your practice on Instagram before you even then go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really beautiful because it's like, you're basically in a situation where you're keeping a lot of things in your back pocket. And what I mean by that is, like, say you filled your whole business off Instagram, like, then when you start a Facebook group, it's like, okay, like, I have so many opportunities. I have so many strategies in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. versus like, oh man, like just to fill the practice. Right. right. We, you know, had to do all of this stuff. Like what do we do next if we want to scale it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What comes up for you there? No, that feels good. I I wrote down release Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I feel like. Yeah, I I do well on Instagram and I like Instagram honestly more than Facebook as a platform. Um and I just feel like 
remembering back to when I first started, how much interest I got and how many calls I booked just off Instagram alone it is it's just validating and kind of freeing to be like I don't need to focus on the group right now I don't need to focus on Facebook I just can stick to this one platform this idea of wide versus deep is a topic I could talk about pretty much endlessly maybe maybe we'll do a solo episode on this I really really believe in going very deep on a strategy instead of wide. What I mean by that is I see a lot of people go really wide on a lot of strategies. They're on Pinterest, they're on Instagram, they're trying to podcast, they're building out their YouTube channel, like all of these things at once. And they're really wide, but all of that is moving forward very slowly because they're in so many places, right? They're invested in so many things versus deep, which would be being on like one or two of those things and putting all your time, energy, and attention to it. I personally think that that will grow your business faster every single time because what you're doing is creating one really well-oiled machine that works super well and super fast because you're able to dedicate all your energy to it, then you can go replicate that elsewhere. But I really believe in getting one or two platforms absolutely nailed where you know they're working, you know you're getting clients from them, you know you could get clients on repeat, and then applying it other places. When you're kind of just throwing spaghetti at the wall in six different areas, you're not really getting to create those well-oiled machines and you're probably just working super hard and not seeing the results you want, quite honestly. So I really believe in this idea, especially if you're new, especially if you're short on time, there is nothing more valuable than taking that philosophy of going deep versus wide. Yeah. And I think also like, it doesn't mean like you don't still recycle content into Facebook groups as like Mm -hmm. a way to get people to your Instagram or whatever, but it's still very clear that it's like, recycled content that you've otherwise written for Instagram that takes almost no extra time, like that kind of stuff versus Mm -hmm. like the whole idea of like fully building a group, a community, having to be there and engage every day, like a little bit different. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and I know I'm not going to have the time to be engaged in a group uh, once this baby comes. <laughs> I'd like to think that I, you know, I'm superwoman and can do everything. But again, you know, that goes back to just what I was saying in the beginning. Like, I don't, I don't want to spread myself so thin that I end up resenting this business that I built. I want to build it in a really intentional way that feels good and enjoyable. And I think I've been having resistance because showing up on on live stream on Facebook has been something that I feel like has been on my list since, I don't know, last year. <laughs> and I did it a couple times and then, you know, it just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because my heart's not really in that. Like, it's easier for me to do right now to do a minute long story on, fa- on Instagram yeah. and put that content out there. And honestly, I mean, I think we talked about this before, like people, it's money, it's uncomfortable to talk about. And I feel like bite sized information is a lot better um, to get people to engage with and think about money than, hey, come listen to me talk for an hour about paying off debt, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like the, you know, everything has its trade offs. Like the truth, truth is they'd probably be more likely to engage in a group right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that can be true and it can still not be the best fit for you. Does that make sense? Like I think sometimes like 
we're almost looking for like what's perfect, what's ideal. And you and I have talked mm-hmm. about this a ton. And this is just another example of that. It's like it can be true that it might be easier for them to engage in a private group than on your, you know, feed. However, Mm -hmm. they also might engage in DMs more. They might reach out to you a ton. They might watch every story. Like, there's just trade-offs with everything. Yeah. And it's just okay for that, like, to accept that. Does that make sense? Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, it definitely does. You know, that feels good. And I think it goes back to, like, not comparing myself to other – how other people are doing it, too, Mm because that that might work for this – you know, group that I'm a member of and they have such high engagement, but that, that works for the woman that leads that group. Like that, that works for her life. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, you know, it's okay that it doesn't work for me right now. And, and I do want to build out my one-on-one practice and I feel like that's got to be the priority. And I've got to, I like that idea of going deep, not wide. Cause if I've got the audience there already, I think, It'll be worth it to spend the time engaging with them on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Totally. And the thing that's so beautiful about that, I think, is that it should always feel clear then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're never Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have 10 minutes. Should I get my Facebook group? Do I have Instagram messages to answer? Do I have this? Do I have that? It's like, nope, just clear. Like, this is where Mm -hmm. I go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that feels really good. To have that and like to know that and not not feel the pull of like, oh, I've got to do this other thing and I've got to be in this this place. And it just I like how it feels more clear. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is where I'm going to focus my time and effort. This conversation about changing the strategy with the Facebook group is really important. So really pay attention to what's going on here because there's nothing more valuable in business than being able to notice that sometimes something can be a good idea and we can still not do it, (laughs) right? So what I mean here is that everything has trade-offs, right? So it is a really good idea for Rachel to have a Facebook group in many ways, right? Like I do believe that people would be a little bit more likely to engage in a closed group on these topics. She might be able to open up more conversations. Like there is certainly a value add there for her and it is a quote unquote good idea. However, she's really short on time and she really only has so much time, energy, and effort to invest right now. So even though it is a good idea, the trade-off of splitting herself now across more things just isn't working. And so we get to shift the strategy. And so it's just so useful to be able to see that. I think sometimes we run our business off the idea that like, if it's a good idea, it means I should do it. Instead of looking at it from a holistic perspective of like, it might be a good idea, but what else does it impact and how does it fit my overall life strategy and time commitment? And so the thing that's true here is that just because it's a good idea, it doesn't mean it's an overall good idea in context of Rachel's life right now, in context of what she wants to build and what she has time for. So it's okay to change your strategy. It's okay to pull back on a good idea sometimes, right? In favor of really being able to effectively execute on one idea. So that's what we're doing here is we're giving her the space to really effectively execute on Instagram and the strategy there and the community that she's building there instead of now having to split her attention when she doesn't have a lot of attention to give. So 
know that this is true in your own business. Don't always filter things through, is it a good idea? Filter them through every aspect. Look at the trade-offs associated with them and then decide what fits best for you. This is the perfect example of that and I hope it's something you look at in your own business this week. Totally. So good. Okay, so what what do you want to do with the group? Kind of just want to like leave it for now, or do you feel like you almost need something to happen there? Or what comes up for you? I think I can leave it for now. I mean, no, but it's got no activity. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like people are waiting to see what I do, you know? Yeah. So I think I don't really feel the need to close it because someday maybe I it might be the right thing. But I will probably um, just take a look at who's a member um, of the Facebook group because I think there's a lot of crossover, too, of, of people who are following me already on Instagram and just sort of see who who is a member and maybe who I can follow up with personally. Exactly. I mean, if there's only, you know, a certain amount of members in there, you can easily just do mm-hmm. outreach and be like, hey, I know I haven't been active in here, but I'm not sure if you know I do stories every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Instagram, and you can be getting a ton of value there. Like, that's just a great thing to let them know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I feel like that's easy just to, and I could even post that too. Yep. You know. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think that's, and I think that's really just like freeing for you. <laughs> it is. It is. It feels really good. <laughs> so good. Okay, cool. In terms of feeling like, time-wise, like I know you have these three days off, but I think it's probably a pretty important conversation to be like, what does Mm -hmm. it look like after that, right? Because I know that the time piece has really been getting to you. So Mm -hmm. do you feel like that's still feeling okay? Was it really just because PR was busy or is there anything else that it feels like we need to revisit? I think most of it was PR. Um, Next week, my colleague will be back from maternity leave, so I can give her her clients back, (laughs) which will be nice. Um, They're lovely clients, but again, I've just been so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like once that's off my plate, that'll free up a lot of time. I've also let another, the other agency I work with know that I need to step back a little bit earlier than I thought I would. Um, what I do for her is just a lot of like really long reporting that requires sitting for a long period of time. Mm. And she's very understanding. And I told her, I was like, I just physically cannot sit for that long anymore. Mm-hmm. It hurts. I've got a huge baby <laughs> you know, pressing on everything. So luckily we've got support there to – so I feel like there's going to be a lot more freedom and space for July in the PR business. And I just need to say no to things that come up. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I have one client, like they keep bringing projects to us, but I'm trying to pull in other people to handle those projects so that it's not me doing the day-to-day work. And maybe I'm just um, project managing <laughs> making sure everything's on task, but it doesn't take hours and hours of time or just a few of them. I've just handed off to other people and said, no, I can't, mm-hmm. I don't have capacity. Um, Cause I really want to be protective of my time in July. Oh gosh. The other thing, I don't even think I put this on my questionnaire, but we had to make the really hard decision not to send my daughter back to daycare. Mm. 
They were opening in August. Our numbers here are just so bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's going to look like for my husband because we think he'll be able to keep working from home, but his company is asking some people to go in. Mm. And then he he's even had to go in a couple of times this week um, just to, like, handle something really fast. And then, you know, it's just a few hours. But so there's also this big question mark on um, – you know, not knowing what childcare is going to look like and if my husband will be here to help. So I also want to be protective of my time because of that. Because if if for some reason he does have to go back full time, I mean, I'm lucky that I have in-laws here and my parents are here and, and we've all been sort of a bubble quarantining um, so they could help. But I think that's also why I want to be really protective and set those strong boundaries for this month because it could change and I might have even less time than I think I do. Mm-hmm. So like hypothetically speaking, just because I think it's like important, if if it did, would you still be able to have calls or does that feel like that's even a strategy we probably need to rethink? I think I could have calls. I would just need somebody to be here to watch my daughter while I have calls, mm-hmm. which I think I could, I could get, I, but I would need to structure and set specific times for calls, which I feel like I can do right now. I've sort of just had, you know, Monday through Friday, pretty wide open for people to schedule calls, mm. but I think I would just need to put more strict boundaries around my schedule so that I could actually plan it around when I can have somebody here helping. Okay, well, we're going to change that right now. I didn't know your whole calendar was open. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Surprise! Um, Yay! I would definitely change that, like, immediately. Okay. And here's why. And this is just, like, an interesting thing. I really feel like I see a lot of people almost inherently push calls away when they have so much open in their schedule because it almost feels like a little anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but if someone's scheduled like tomorrow, what would I do? Or what, like, do you know what I mean? Versus being like, yeah. there's only time where I know for sure it would work out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And starting that now is really important. Yeah. We're like, you, I mean, we we know this is just totally that caretaker piece where you're like, I want there to be so much open <laughs> for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And for right now, even for it to be like, no, like it's only times where I absolutely am positive I feel good about taking a call mm-hmm. is really key. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it's it's funny because I used to be really structured when my daughter was in daycare and, and everything was like it used to be, yeah. I would only have, you know, a few hours a day for calls and stuck to that and was very strict about it. And then when coronavirus happened, I was like, well, I'm home all the time, so I might as well just open my schedule, which I probably shouldn't have done in hindsight because it is kind of stressful, especially um, trying to juggle the two businesses too. Yeah. I feel like that really 
would be so useful too, because then it's almost like you schedule it at a time where like, you know, for sure, for sure it works. And then if you don't have a call at that time, you can put that energy to getting a call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go do DM follow-ups. You can go do personal outreach. You can, you know, write a post, whatever needs to happen there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really, really helpful because it still feels clean for you, I guess, is a way I would say it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And I, I feel like um, I do – I mean, we, we know I do well with uh, blocking off specific times on my calendar anyway. And so I feel like it will feel more clean and more clear on like, okay, this is my time – right now for the business mm-hmm. or for calls specific to the business. And then that also helps me set boundaries around the PR work. And I can't do calls, PR calls during this time because this is the time I'm having set open for blissful budget clients mm-hmm. or work. Because I think I've, I well, I know I've had the tendency in the past with PR and this is just left over from, from the corporate world and, and also my caretaking where – I will tend to let PR clients call the shots on when they want to have calls Mm. instead of saying, no, I'm available at these times. So something I really want to talk about here is this idea of not having the open calendar with call scheduling. So I know that that absolutely seems like a good idea at first glance. It's like keep the availability open, give people as many opportunities as they can to hop on your calendar. I definitely get the philosophy behind it, but what I have seen over and over again is that this keeps people really resistant to calls. We're especially in that difficult situation if we're really busy like Rachel is where it's like her calendar's open but she's almost scared (laughs) right that someone's actually going to take her up on some of those spots because what if she has something for PR then what if you she needs to watch her daughter then all of those things really come up and they put us in resistance even if it's just subconsciously to getting those calls booked and so my takeaway and my call to you guys and definitely what I said to Rachel of course was really get locked in on when you can absolutely fit free call space in your calendar and use that same time. Like if you aren't having a call at that time, then you should be using that time to focus on getting one. And it really creates that structure and sustainability where it's like, whatever it is, Tuesday at two is always focused on being on a call or getting a call versus like, well, Tuesday at two, heck, I don't know. I might need to be with my daughter. I might need to be in PR. I might need to be here. I might need to be there. Hopefully no one books a call, except I kind of want to call. And you put yourself in this like a uh, really tension creating situation. And so if you're someone who is really short on time, especially having that open calendar is going to mess with your mind way more than it's going to help your availability. It also helps too, because if someone really wants to talk to you, they will make one of those times work, right? Or they'll reach out and ask. So it's a great filter as well, where you're not putting yourself out there in such an open way that you're not also being a bit of a filter for who's really serious, who really wants this, who wants to make this work, right? So that's another value of not having that open calendar, but it is just so important to notice what a detriment that is. Again, especially when we're busy, especially when you know our time is tight and be super locked in on when you actually want those calls, where they fit on your calendar and only having that availability so that it feels safer and better to let those calls come in. 
that's totally it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what is is so useful for you to see here is that it's like that the first thing that we were talking about on the call is like the tension of like knowing you want this business to be the thing, but then also, you know, feeling like it's harder to give it time. When you Mm -hmm. really like lock in on those very certain specific timeframes, I feel like it gets a lot easier because Mm -hmm. you're like the only time – there's only five spots in my calendar where I'm saying no to PR clients. But like Mm -hmm. I'm going to honor the shit out of those five, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Versus like my calendar's wide open for PR and wide open for blissful budget and like who the heck knows how that's going to shake out, but I'll try to make it work. It <laughs> almost mm-hmm. underlying creates tension right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. And I think looking back at June, I think that's part of why it was so stressful also because I didn't have clear boundaries around my schedule and when, you know, I had maybe an hour carved aside for blissful budget, but calls could pop up anytime. Mm -hmm. And even the, you know, the free discovery calls could pop up anytime. And I just wouldn't have an idea of what my week would even look like until Sunday night. And then I'd be like, oh God, I've just got so much going on. Yeah. And uh, I feel like if I had had more of a clear schedule and clear boundaries around it, it wouldn't have felt so, so stressful and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how that is, right? Where it's like, we think we're doing ourselves a favor by being like really open, <laughs> right? You know, we're like, oh, that's like the best thing I could do is like create the opportunity, that kind of thing. But I find over and over again that that actually usually feels the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So does that feel good? Just like only five spots open? Yeah, that does feel good. And obviously it's like the hardest thing in the world to do when you have so much else going on. But I feel like maybe not exactly short term, but for sure long term, you're going to feel so much better knowing you have that five hours carved out for Blissful Budget because it's going to feel like, no, I'm actually like moving toward that thing versus it feeling like how did PR take over again kind of way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and I don't want to feel like that. I, I really want in July to, to feel like I have a more clear idea of, of my time and what's dedicated to blissful budget and, and what, you know, I can give to the PR business and, um, I think that'll feel really good just to have have that carved out and ahead of time and not be so reactive. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. Beautiful. Um, okay, tell me how mindset stuff is feeling. Mindset's feeling really good and I feel like I'm noticing things more. I um like even showing up to this this last call with with my client, I could feel before I got on the call, some of the like caretaking or the like just the fear and doubt because it was our last call and all our calls have been wonderful. She hasn't needed a ton of support on base camp, but we've talked maybe once a week through base camp during our time together. And I think even just showing up to that call, I was nervous. It was like, oh, does she feel like she got value mm. out of this time together? And and so I, I noticed those thoughts coming up and then I tried to release them and just, just show up open 
to hear whatever she had mm-hmm. to say and, you know, not put a story around it, you know? And it was wonderful because she she told me she got so much out of it and, and, you know, mirrored back to me some of the things that, that we've even talked about and and some of the values that I really, you know, have in my business and and the combination of the practical and the you know, emotional and spiritual around money. Um, it was just amazing to hear her reflect that back mm. and and see how much she's changed and honor, you know, how much growth she's had. And and then I felt really great after the call. And I think part of it was I was able to just release those stories I was telling myself of like, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm I don't know what I'm doing. And it was just validating to hear I do know what I'm doing. This is working and this this uh framework I have in place really works and and so that was really beautiful to hear and to see. That's so good. I love that. And I think it's also really helpful to it's almost like when we can watch our pattern and see that it's not rooted in anything real. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes that gives us a little bit of permission there where you can watch your pattern of being like, of course I have the pattern of wondering if it was enough. And it always is. And so then mm-hmm. you start separating the pattern out from your business more and more. Mm-hmm. You're like, this is just a pattern I have. It's not actually grounded in anything I truly need to be concerned about in my business. <laughs> right. Right. And so I think that's pretty freeing where mm-hmm. it's not like you're like, constantly having the experience of like, well, I should worry about it because my clients are super unhappy or anything like that. It's like, that's never right. happening. Like, I don't even have to think about that. But of course, the pattern's going to come up and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Does that feel true? Yeah, that definitely feels true. And I, it's funny because I think that's even sort of that form of caretaking of like, am I doing enough for them? Yep. Am I giving them enough? And, and of course I am. And and they have access to me to ask when they need something. And so I think it's putting, you know, putting that power back in their hands and of knowing that they're going to ask for something they need and letting them do that. I always say to my clients, that's the least you can do for yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like reaching out to me is like absolutely bare minimum in terms of like how you can mm-hmm. show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like a beautiful reflection there too, which is like they have ownership in this process as much as you do, and that's the mm-hmm. least they can do. And so if they're yeah. not reaching out, like either you need to have a conversation and remind them of that, or it's just fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And then I can just definitely. let it kind of be fine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Does that feel true? Yeah, it does feel true. And, um, you know, I set up like, sort of like you did with me with the um have you done your stories today check-ins I'll send them a little check-in automated check-in once a week with the you know usually it's around like have they looked at their money this week and so that's also been kind of a good like tactical thing to help mm-hmm. me of like well I know I'm checking in with them this way that's going to be helpful and valuable to them but then it's you know they do have ownership of the process so and they know they have access to me mm-hmm. um, through Basecamp anytime. So, so good. Beautiful. All right. What else is coming up for you? Gosh, um, I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> I know you were saying just like feeling kind of like 
a little hormonal and tired, but I think that you're kind of feeling okay about that. It's more just moving through that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, just physically, this has been a harder pregnancy than with my first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I have – and the not sleeping really doesn't help things. So, you know, also just giving myself that time to – take care of myself because I did not do a good job of taking care of myself last month. Mm -hmm. My husband even said to me, I think I mentioned in the questionnaire too, but he said to me, when do you get to slow down? Mm -hmm. And that was really just like eye opening to me. I'm getting teary Mm -hmm. (laughs) like thinking about it. Um, Cause like he even sees it. He even sees that I'm, you know, just trying to be everywhere and everything. And so to have him say that to me was really powerful too. And just like realizing that the way I'm doing things isn't, isn't working and it's not what I want. And I really, you know, want to be intentional about how I grow blissful budget and so that I'm not creating a business that just ends up feeling chaotic. And I feel like a lot of what we've talked about today is going to help um, with that and and provide so much clarity around, you know, how not to fall back into some of those patterns, too, that I tend to do around my time. What do you think is making you more, like, feel emotional about him asking you that? Do you feel like it was just, like, he almost gave you permission to, to acknowledge that? Or do you feel like it – you hadn't realized it or what do you think is the part that kind of really brings up some of the feelings around that? I think it's, you know, it's a mix of, of giving, getting permission. Um, also recognition Mm -hmm. that he, he notices, (laughs) he notices that I was working too hard. And so I think that, that too, just having the recognition from somebody else, I think because, we are also isolated right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though we're living in the in the same house and together so much. I think sometimes we can get in our own little bubbles. And so to have have him kind of be that mirror for me, I think was really powerful just of like, okay, it's not just a feeling I have. This is the reality that I am doing too much. <laughs> so, you know, it was eye-opening. Um to have somebody actually like notice it and say it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense. And <laughs> I think mm-hmm. there's something really interesting for you there where you almost tend to write off any of your own feelings in favor of someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Where it's like you're feeling it, but until someone kind of says it, you almost don't let yourself – you almost like gaslight yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right? A little bit where you're like, nah, this can't be a real thing. I'm just hormonal or Mm -hmm. I'm just whatever. Like, it's fine. That's so true. I mean, even Tuesday. I mean, I woke up crying on Tuesday. That's how bad it was. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm just hormonal. I'm just (laughs) – it's just hormones. And my husband's like, you didn't sleep at all last night. And you're, you know – you've been working yourself to death. Like it's not just hormones. (laughs) Yeah. I really think that's like a, a beautiful lesson there Mm -hmm. for you in terms of like catching it sooner. 
Yeah. I guess is a good way to say it where it's like if you're feeling something, if your body, if your emotions are telling you something, like your job gets to be to listen. Mm-hmm. Right? Where you you're almost like so much in the caretaking sometimes that you don't do it for yourself. You write yourself off super quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's when you like do the stuff where you're like feeling bad that your Facebook group isn't getting more attention <laughs> from you. Right. And you're like, clearly I need to like love on them more or whatever. And it's like, sure, that's great. But like, are you doing that for yourself first? And I think that that's um, – the the stress point here does that feel true Mm -hmm. yeah that feels totally true i've and i've done it my whole life like Mm -hmm. because i've always been just taking care of others i do tend to just push myself aside and and say like oh i'll just i'll just grit my teeth and get through it and and then it usually happens where it all just explodes one day and like tuesday you know I used to say this about my dad because he's a very, like, even-killed person, and then once a year, he'll kind of blow up and get mad <laughs> about something. And I realize that I tend to do that, but instead of, like, getting angry, I'll just, like, cry all day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like there's, like, a beautiful question here for you, which is, like, how can I take care of myself today? Mm-hmm. I like that. And, you know, even, like, I'll, I'll – put that in there. But I mean, I think like even programming that into like your phone as a reminder, which like seems so silly, but is so valuable because I think like, um, I'm sure you've heard me say this quote before, but I really, really like it. And it's from a diet book. It's like not even related to business, (laughs) but um, it's basically like how you create it is also how you will experience it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if I create blissful budget, even by really pushing off taking care of myself, really like leaving my calendar wide open, caretaking everyone else, that like there's almost no way for me to experience the outcome of that any differently. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where you've ended up in the PR space a little bit, right? Totally. Yeah. And so in wanting Blissful Budget to be different, it's almost like that work starts now, not once you have the client – roster filled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What comes up for you there? No, it it's just it's really true. I mean, yeah, I have to I have to do that work now and, and lay the groundwork now. And I feel like, you know, one of the things we talked about and I have is the post-it note that says, you know, what would it look like if I stopped caretaking mm-hmm. in my business today? But then also, you know, I feel like this how can I take care of myself today it goes right along with that. Yeah. Because it's, okay, I'm not caretaking in my business, but I am taking care of myself. It's almost like the offshoot, right? Because it's like yeah. if I'm not caretaking everyone, I have a minute to take care of me. <laughs> hmm Yeah. If I'm caretaking yeah. everyone else, the red flag of that is always that I won't feel taken care of. hmm Yeah. That's so true. Right? And it's not that it's so black and white that it's one or the other where it's like you don't take care of anyone (laughs) and you just totally take care of yourself. But we just know that you really swing the pendulum and so we're just trying to find that middle ground, right? 
So I reference this quote all the time. It's from a not business related book. It's by Caroline Dooner, who wrote The Fuck It Diet, and she used it in relation to dieting, but it is so applicable to business, and it's how you create it is also how you'll experience it, right? So applicable here. And that's why it keeps coming back to that caretaking piece for Rachel, because how she creates it is going to be how she'll experience it. So she's always putting herself and her needs last. Even if blissful budget grows to the place she wants it to, she's going to feel like she's still in that place of caretaking everyone but her, right? And noticing how much she's dismissing her feelings in this and how much she's dismissing her needs, even at seven months pregnant, is really, really important there because we know that the tendency is to fall back into that caretaking of others, right? And so it's so valuable to notice your like default thing, right? Your thing under the thing is what I always say, because that's when you'll actually be able to see how can I create something different? How can I shift this pattern? It's certainly frustrating when you keep coming back to it over and over again, but You know, Rachel kind of landed on that same point this week where she was caretaking everyone else so much that she was even dismissing her own feelings there. She was dismissing what was coming up for her until her husband was able to reflect that. So it's really important that we continue to keep working on this because of course I want her to build a blissful budget, but I don't want her to build it the same way she's built other things like this PR situation where she's constantly feeling like she can't ever take care of herself, can't ever put herself first, all that kind of stuff because then you're just in the same situation in a different business. And like, maybe you like what you're doing a little bit better, but you still don't like the feeling of it. And I see a lot of people kind of rebuild and burn down a bunch of different things without ever solving that core issue and feeling really, really frustrated why they can't seem to build a business that feels good. And this is totally it. That idea of how you create it is also how you'll experience it. It's not so much what you're creating, it's how you're creating it, right? So we'll keep coming back to that. We'll keep looking at that caretaking piece and we'll keep revisiting that pattern because truly breaking that is going to be one of the biggest difference makers in her growth, but also in how good it feels to actually run that business. So think about what that thing is for you this week. How are you creating it? Is that how you want to experience it would be an excellent question to sit with and to see what needs to shift for you too. Yeah. And it definitely feels like that. Like, I just need, I need to feel that I need to feel balanced, you know, and I, and there's a balance between it. And, you know, it goes back to that whole filling your own cup. So you have Mm -hmm. something to give to others. And, and I mean, on Tuesday, I had nothing to give to anybody. (laughs) And so, you know, I feel like it's finding that, that balance too of, of really making sure that I'm taken care of so that I can do some of these important things like, like holding my boundaries and, and building a good foundation for the business and the things that need to get done so that I'm not, I don't just wind up exactly where I am in the PR business. Yeah, because like, here's the thing, right? Like you obviously enjoy Blissful Budget so much more and that's amazing, Mm -hmm. But even something you enjoy that much, if you're not taking care of yourself, can become a detriment. Yeah, definitely. You know? Um, And especially thinking about, like, you're about to add a newborn to the mix of that, too. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, you know, you're – I've never had a child, but I – 
know for sure that it's not super easy to do a lot of self-care once you just birthed a newborn. (laughs) No, no, not at all. So if you don't kind of set some of that now, it's next to impossible later, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally true. And I feel like that's an added layer too because we do have – have a newborn coming sometime in the next few months. And I want to be set up in a really good way so that I can take care of myself as much as possible mm-hmm. when when the newborn comes. Because it is, it is hard when you have this little person that doesn't want to sleep ever and <laughs> join your <laughs> life. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. And – You know, I think that a great way to think about it is almost like, how do I make this enough of a habit now that at least it's like slightly, you know, present still? But if this isn't a habit now, yeah, the likelihood that I'm going to form a new habit then is smaller, right? Yeah, definitely. Does that feel like exciting or does it feel like almost overwhelming? Like I wouldn't even know where to start. It feels a little overwhelming. I mean, I I want it to feel exciting, but I feel I don't know if it's just the place I'm in today. I don't know where to start. Like I don't even know how to how to do it. I think because for so long I've just been pushing myself aside and so um I feel like asking myself that question every day will be good because I'm not even thinking about that most days of how I can take care of myself. Let's just play with it for the, today. Like, what would that mm-hmm. look like today? Oh, taking a nap mm. would be really wonderful today. <laughs> Does yeah. that feel possible? Or are you like, I'm saying that, but I know I'm not going to do that shit. <laughs> no, it feels possible today because I'm taking the day off. So I, it feels very possible today. So good. And so, like, I think that that's, like, a really beautiful, like, self-trust opportunity, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right? Where it's, like, how, what would it look like to, like, truly honor that then? Like, mm-hmm. almost like the um, the stories thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? Where it's, like, what would it look like to just fully honor that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would, li- it would feel good mm-hmm. to fully honor it, too. And. It's funny because with the stories, most most of the days, it's the <laughs> – I don't want to have to come up with an excuse not why I didn't do it. So I'm just going to do it. And so even approaching this that way <laughs> mm-hmm. too of like, well, why didn't I take care of myself today? <laughs> mm-hmm. So Yeah, totally. And I think that it's not in a beat yourself up way like we've been doing with stories, mm-hmm. but I think that's an interesting question. If mm-hmm. if I know why I didn't take care of myself today, I can see like, is it just that I'm simply not making the time for it? Do I actually have a ton of resistance to it? Right. Do I actually have a story that if I do that, something else bad will happen? Whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I really think like the – this is so annoying and I know it, but I feel like the entirety of this conversation is what shifts blissful budget, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's what grows it. It's what shifts it is like, how do I take care of myself first? Mm-hmm. Because that's when I show up on stories feeling really good. That's when I feel amazing on a sales call. That's when I feel great about the business I'm building. That like when it's the opposite, which is like, how do I put everyone else first? It's like, 
that's when I'm not showing up as my best self on stories. That's when I'm not selling in a sales call. That's when I'm feeling overwhelmed by content. Like it's so interesting to see how that's the the total theme throughout, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like even having that information, like asking myself this question every day, and I feel like I'm going to get so much more insight <laughs> into into how I show up for things too. So good. I know this is super hard, but I'm so proud of you for always being super open to that and that reflection. And like, even when it's like, oh my God, this again, like, I feel like you're really, (laughs) you're really staying present to that. And that's what's important. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right. Reach out to me. Keep me posted on how you're feeling. Um, If you're really feeling that challenged by it, like that's exactly when you reach out to me, like, oh my God, I just am not making this happen. Like what's going on here? And we'll go from there. That sounds good. Beautiful. All right. Enjoy your couple days. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset, strategy, and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.